your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 219 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. And today we will provide you with some weekend hot takes. Yes, the Senator season is less than two weeks away and we've been breaking it down all week on the show. But what we haven't done is gone above and beyond for the hottest takes heading into the season. Pillsy's got a couple, one of them including... Marcus Hogberg, stay tuned for that. You already saw his unreal new 2D mask unveiled yesterday. And for me, I'm sticking with some top-end talent. We'll leave it at that. We also have our Send Central citizen. It's Patrick Weldon, a long time coming for Patrick to be on the show. We hit on all the off-season topics with him and how he became an Ottawa Senators fan. All that, and finally, we get into our organizational value rankings, and today's trio includes two new acquisitions all that and more this is the locked on senators podcast your team every day today is saturday january 2nd and pilsy sends hot takes let's not waste any time going into this season what is your number one hot take surrounding these ottawa senators well, yeah, it's uh, we're at a bit of a lull with training camp here, so we're going to spice things up and we're going to get some hot takes going. It's a goalie-friendly show, so I'm going to start things off with the tendies. And if you, hey, Pat was a listener back in the Making Sense of the Send Day, so he knows that I was a big fan of Marcus Hogberg. That was my guy when he was playing in Brampton. I actually had the opportunity to meet him and interview him in the bowels of the Powerade Center in Brampton. So still my guy. So my first hot take, is coming with Marcus Hogberg. I think he's going to be the best backup goalie in the all-Canadian division. Now, quick quick asterisk, I think probably the most difficult challenge would be in Vancouver, but I'm going to I'm going to categorize that the Holtby Demko pairing as more of a tandem. I don't think either one of those guys is really going to be a true backup. So put those guys aside. I think Marcus Hogberg is going to be the best backup goalie in this division. So that means you have him ahead of guys like David Riddich and Jake Allen. You think he's going to put up better statistical numbers than those two guys, despite maybe the, the better teams that they'll be playing in front of. Absolutely. I think like you have to look look back at the games Marcus Hogberg played when he was relied upon massively when there was injury problems in the crease for the Senators. He carried this team on his back all the way to eight overtime and shootout losses, which Thankfully for the Senators, honestly, they lost those games. Those uh, points were huge in the tankathon, but he was right there. And that was with a lousy decor, much less veteran talent on this team. And sure, competition is going to be harder this year in the All-Canadian division, but Hogberg is also one year older, and now he's getting that NHL money. So he is motivated. He's It's the last year of his deal here. He's going into restricted free agency after. So another year under his belt contract year and a better team in front of him i have a massive year coming for the suite 56 game season how many games does hogberg get to play this is interesting i'm i'm not really sure because it's possible that you're going to see a guy like joey decord who we have pegged as the taxi squad guy mix in a couple games there as well i'm saying we see at least 15 to 20 games for hogberg though i think we'll go closer to 20 because 
15 would be the equivalent of playing about 22% of the games. And with the shortened schedule, that only increases the value of being able to have a tandem situation. So if Marcus Hogberg can put up what you think would be the best numbers among any backup of, we'll call them the six Canadian teams because you're leaving Vancouver out on the side. Fair, fair enough as well. It will be more of a tandem with how Demko played in the postseason. But if he can't outduel the other six backups, I think that the Sens are looking at maybe even a fifth place finish in this division. How much do you think the Sens final standing will, re- will lean on Marcus Hogberg's play? Yeah, that's just it. Like you, you said it, he's going to be the guy coming in probably in the middle of these series. You probably get Matt Murray starting and finishing these long series against teams. I think it's going to have a big impact. Like in a, a shortened season, all these games count that much more. And if teams get hot, if goalies get hot, you can stretch a couple wins together and you're looking pretty good here. So I think Marcus Hogberg will have a big impact. I'm just interested to see how many of those games Joey Decord sneaks in if he's the taxi squad guy. Things to keep our eye on as camp keeps on chugging along. If you're listening to this on Saturday, we're recording at 9 a.m. here on Saturday morning. The Ottawa Senators will not only have a skate today, but they will have a scrimmage tonight. So that's the news coming out of Sens Training Camp. Obviously, you can follow us on Twitter at Sens Central for daily content. And obviously, we've got some big games too today in the quarterfinals at the World Juniors. We'll get into that a little bit later. But Pilsy, that wasn't your only hot take. You have one surrounding the unrestricted free agents on this team going forward. Yeah, and this one's maybe a little less spicy, but you look at all the unrestricted free agents, so I'll just rhyme them off quickly here. You got Stepan, you got Anisimov, you got Paquette, you got Galchenyuk, Gabranson, Coburn, and Riley. Those are all the guys that are on expiring deals that'll be UFAs next season. Of all those UFAs, the only guy I see the Senators bringing back is Cedric Paquette. I think he's he's a guy that's going to be perfect for that fourth line center. They don't really have a fourth line center coming up through the ranks, I would say. I think Paquette's the best guy for that job. He was uh, so efficient in Tampa. Like for him to crack all 25 playoff games for the Tampa Bay Lightning leading up to the cup finals, that shows you his value and how good he is at his role specifically. So I think, and he's only 27 years old, I think this is a guy that the Senators bring back after this year. They don't trade him like they will all the other UFA guys coming up here. And you also get that French connection, which I feel uh, is a little boost to the favor of the Sens signing him. Yeah, definitely in Ottawa, classic bilingual city, more or less. And is that more a detriment to how the other UFAs you think will play in in this season or just that the kids will come up and be taking those jobs full-time next year? Yeah, more the second situation there. I see a lot of uh, a lot of these other unrestricted free agents have younger prospects that are probably going to fill those shoes, or Dorian will reload with kind of better, less expensive options here. So those would be two my two of my hot takes. Another honorable mention hot take though, before I toss it over to you, Ross, is I really think Alex Galchenyuk is going to have a bounce back season here. I think DJ Smith is. It's going to do wonders for him. He's going to get him uh, in the culture of the Sens. He's going to get him working hard. I think he's going to get at least somewhere around 10 to 15 goals in a shortened season. That's pretty good for him. And he's not going to finish a minus. I think that's the big one. He's finished as a minus player for a bunch of seasons here pretty poorly, actually. I think DJ Smith is going to make him work harder and be more responsible defensively. And we're going to see a big boost in his performance. 
So those are my hot takes. Maybe, maybe not the spiciest. Try to throw a little heat in there. We'll see. I'm probably going to be wrong on all three of them. Uh, I'm getting used to being wrong on this show. But Ross, I'm going to toss it over to you. What are you cooking in the hot take oven? Well, I've got two, and they're both on the top end of the forward units. Now, this Canadian division, we know there's so much talent, but how much of that talent is down the middle? You look at McDavid and Drysaddle in Edmonton. You look at Matthews and Tavares in Toronto and yeah, the Habs still don't have a center, but Shifley down the middle in Winnipeg. Winnipeg is actually probably the biggest competition for this hot take, although Vancouver has a couple of guys who can score at will. I think Evgeny Dadanov will finish top three among Canadian division wingers. So here's who he's going up against. You look at Line A and Wheeler, to a lesser extent, Ehlers as well. In Winnipeg, Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk in Calgary. You've got JT Miller and Brock Besser out in Vancouver, and Mitch Marner, who's more of a playmaker as well. So I listed Drysaddle as center. I know he kind of bounces around, but he is a natural center. So for me, I just think Dadanov has it in him. This is a guy who scored over 25 goals in each of his three seasons back in the NHL. And with the combination of this and my other hot take, because I do believe in both of them, I think it's just going to make it that much more realistic. But before I get to that, we'll keep diving into why I believe Dadanov is so important. This sense power play was terrible last year. You don't think that with the acquisition of Tim Stutzel, we've seen this guy. He's a one-man breakout. Him and Shabbat being able to carry the mail up the ice, Dadanov just needs to get to that bumper position where DJ Smith said he's one of the best in the league at the bumper spot on the power play. So you had that induction of talent. We know what Batherson's been able to do on the man advantage in Belleville. You're looking at some offensively talented guys with Brady parked right in front of the net in his office. And I just think it's going to be so many opportunities for Dadnov to score. And Pilsy, how many times does Dadnov just beat goalies clean with his shot? Yeah, I like this hot take a lot. I've been an Evgeny Dadanov guy since he came back to the NHL. And the a couple I want to hit on a couple things why I think this this take will actually pan out. Like you said, it's it's gonna be a tough competition going up against a lot of really talented wingers in the Canadian division. But the thing with Dadanov is he's of those guys you mentioned, he's probably the most veteran, so the most experienced. He is probably the most talented guy on his team. When you look at uh, the other guys, they have a lot of competition. And if you look at how consistent he's been, so 28 goals in 2017-18, 28 goals in 18-19, and then 25 goals in 19-20, that's all while being buried under guys like Hoffman, uh, Huberdeau, Barkov. There's a lot of talent in Florida there. So now he's the number one guy. He's going to be playing on the top power play unit. When the net's empty, he's going to be out there. He's going to be the guy they're always looking for to shoot the puck. So I think he has a really good chance here to be in the top three of goal scoring wingers in the all Canadian division. Out of those wingers though, who challenges him the most? Do you think? I want to say off the bat line, a, but line, a, I feel like this could be a boomer bust season for him. Like if he doesn't pick it up right away, you did like, you've seen him. What was it? December last year where he had like no goals all month or there was some month where he was just completely dry. So if that happens and I think it could happen with line, a, they're in a lot of trouble here. I contract would say, year. Yeah. Contract year. That's a big, uh, big part of it too. But I would say probably maybe a guy like Matthew Kachuk would be a real uh, tough opponent here for goal scoring because he has so many guys setting him up in Calgary. So I think that's probably going to be my answer there. 
Yeah, Matthew Kachuk, that's a fair answer. And when it comes to lining, I think he could score five goals or 50. And I wouldn't be surprised at either answer in a 56-game season. He just has that kind of release. I'm going to say that the biggest challenge will be JT Miller or Brock Besser, whoever plays with Elias Pettersson, uh, because he is just ridiculous at facilitating offense like that. But who's going to facilitate the offense for Ottawa? Well, it's none other than Timmy Superstar. I've got him nominated. So again, a top three finish for the Calder Trophy. I think those New York Ranger guys are going to be tough to, to beat out Lafreniere, but to a more so extent, Igor Shosturkin, who has just been ridiculous in goal and being the starter in New York. It just kind of seems like him and Kaprizov is in that Panarin situation where he's already 24 years old. So he has that advantage. Imagine a 24 year old Tim Stutzla coming into the NHL, right? So that's the kind of hype that Kaprizov has in, in Minnesota. So I just think that playing on a line, if he gets the opportunity in a top six role, this guy, the sky's the limit for Tim Stutzla's talent. And I think that there's not going to be three rookies that have a better year than Timmy superstar. Yeah, I mean, I I like the hot take and I think it'd be great if that happens. But the only thing with the Calder Trophy, I feel like every time you look and you try to predict who's going to get it, it's usually not a guy that was just drafted. I feel like recently we've had uh, Calder Calder Trophy winners that weren't previous draft picks the year before. So I think the last one was Aaron Ekblad in 2014-15 and he stole that one from Mark Stone during the Hamburglar run. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So for for that reason, I think you'll probably miss on that one. But Timmy Stutzla, I think, is going to have an awesome season. And he's obviously going to be in contention for that Calder. But to be top three, we'll see. Well, our friends over at betonline.ag have him ranked as the ninth best odds. I should say tied for seventh, but they have him in a four-way tie with Ilya Sorokin, Evan Bouchard, and Bowen Byram. So I don't Bouchard, know. Maybe, I don't know about that. Maybe you want to head over to betonline.ag then and smash that Tim Stutzla Calder at plus 2,000 odds. Tim Stutzla will quickly touch on the World Juniors before getting in to the Sen Central Citizen. He's up at noon. So we don't want to touch on it too, too much because, well, podcasts get dated in a hurry. But should we expect Tim Stutzla to be on a plane to Ottawa later today? I think so. And uh, that's that's not a bad thing. Like for them to make it, this is the first time in their country history being in the quarterfinals. But I think with Germany, they obviously the top three guys like Stutzla, Paterka and uh, Elias, like those guys have been able to sneak a couple past goalies. I don't think they're going to have that same luck with Askarov and Ned here. Like you're not going to get lucky. And that's where it's going to be hard to build momentum because they're not going to have a lot of shots probably. And the shots they do have are going to get smothered and you're not going to get second chances. So I think that's going to make things really tough on Stutzler here. Well, not only Stutzler, but the whole German team, but stick taps to them. A friend of our show, Craig Button, did tweet out last night. And in his group A all-star team, like where you pick three forwards, two defensemen, and a goalie, he had JJ Paterka and Tim Stutzler. So it just shows how dominant they've been. So they have the game at noon, as you mentioned, against Russia. Then it's Finland, Sweden. So Rock and Robbie Yarventi hopefully can get things going. He has been abysmal in this tournament. Then Team Canada plays the Czech Republic at seven. And then the night finishes off with Jake Sanderson. And hey, maybe the K train, which is always a game day decision whether he's going to be in and out of the lineup. We know that the Sen Central Citizen is in our lineup every single Saturday. So without further ado, here's our chat with Patrick Weldon. 
All right, we're now very pleased to welcome this week's Send Central Citizen. It's Patrick Weldon. You can follow him on Twitter at Patrick Weldon13. And speaking of following, it sounds like you've been listening to the show for a little while, Patrick, way back to making sense of the Sens. This can't be true. Oh, yeah, I've been following you guys for uh, quite some time. I'd say the 2017 run is when I started listening to you all. I think you guys were back on SoundCloud back in the day, so I moved on to Spotify since then. But, uh, yeah, been listening for quite some time. Hey, man, we appreciate that, Patrick. And uh, do you notice any big uh, show differences? Do we sound better at least? Do we got some improvements here? Uh, I mean, the guests have been gotten pretty good. I think you guys had Bat- Batherson back then too, though, right? Yeah, Batherson was one of our first. Actually, Sean Donovan was our very first interview. We, we interviewed him with a camera, not using uh, any of the video, just picking up audio, all wearing suits and uh, up in the concourse of what? Where was that? The Rico that Coliseum. Rico. Yeah, yeah, in Toronto. Of, so that was uh, pretty funny. Yeah, that was when I asked him if uh, training away Dolan was like losing a son. <laughs> Probably, probably close to it. Yeah, he said yeah, all the all the guys it. are like his kids, so it was tough. Well, this is like that was the beginning of well, not even locked on senators making sense of the sense. But let's get to the start of your fandom of the Ottawa Senators, Patrick. What's your origin story? Well, I mean, I I grew up in Ottawa, and I'm still here in Orleans, so I've been here the whole time. Basically, when I was like two or three, my dad started watching hockey with me and he's been a sense fan since the beginning but i haven't been here since 92 so I'm a little younger than that but uh, ever since i've been able to speak i mean i've always said sense and hockey so <laughs> it's always been sense hockey for me nice hey those are the two of the most important words in our vocabulary that's for sure so what uh, what time frame is this like what era are you getting into the sense who are the guys around and who was the player the question we always love to ask is who are the one or two guys that really grabbed you and you're like man i love this guy this is my team well when i started actually like noticing and remembering players and names it was probably 2004 to the 2006 era and uh, I'd say for sure Alfie. Obviously, everyone's going to say Alfie Spezza, Heatley. But uh, I really like the, the A-Train, as you guys know. But um, besides him, I was really I'm a big goalie guy. I don't play goalie, but I do like the goalies. Uh, I was always into, for some reason, Martin Gerber, Alex Ald, those guys. Some classics there. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, for sure A-Train was probably one of my bigger, bigger sense uh Sense players. Nice. I always love the Anton Volchenkov shout outs. That guy was a complete animal. I, I've actually got his jersey as well. He was one of the guys in the mid 2000s. I was like, nah, keep your Alfie jerseys. I ended up getting them later as like a vintage once he was on the back end of his career. But with the A train, he just brought so much heart and soul. And do you see that type of, you know, ability to get in front of shots and make big hits in the Senators, what they brought in maybe in Josh Brown or Erica Branson this summer? Uh, I think I think Josh Brown has a pretty good. Uh, he already deflects a lot of uh, of shots in front of the net. I don't know much about Good Branson, but I know he fights. I know he plays hard, so I'm sure he'll. Uh, well, I mean, Dorian said he's good at cross checking people in front of the net, which is, I mean, that's good, right? But uh, hopefully, he should be able to block some shots too. Now, Patrick, I want to ask you. There's a, pretty much the hottest topic in Sense Twitter these days is all these veteran guys coming in, you're taking up spots for the prospects. Where do you stand on this? Like, are, are you on the side that, yeah, you got to open up spots. You got to leave some room for some of these guys like Logan Brown, Drake Batherson. You got to give them a chance to play in the NHL. Or are you on the side that's like, look, bringing in veteran players, you're trying to make the team better. And uh, these young prospects have got to earn those jobs. 
So, I mean, if there's a year to do it, I'd say it's this year with the taxi squad. It just gives you more opportunity to add veteran players and put them on the side if they need to be on the side for a little bit. If they're not ready, they're not ready. I mean, Norris, I think he should be pretty close to being ready. Batherson, I'm not even questioning that in my opinion. Um, but, you know, like bringing in guys like Stepan, well, I seriously think he's going to be uh, not shadowing, but um, partnering up with, with uh, Stutzla. And uh, that'll be like the lineup for probably most of the year. But uh, I know I definitely think some some veteran guys may be questionable add-ons, but uh, you can never be too safe, especially, like I said, with the taxi squad. It's a little bit different this year. So I'm, uh, I'm all for it. And it gets some good banter, too, especially when a yeah. guy on this show decides to compare third overall pick with an aging veteran. I know you're all over Pilsy. Oh, who is that? Put it to- <laughs> yeah, Let's I already forgot. It. <laughs> the career high for Derek Stepan is 57 points. How many years does it take for Stutzla to upsurp that number? Ooh. Uh, I don't think it'll be this year. Okay, I was going to yeah. say, if you say this year, that's a little too hot. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I think next year's uh, a solid – there's a solid chance he hits 57. I think he'll be a point-per-game player in three years. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that, Pilsy. I'll give you a chance to stand up for yourself here. How many times I got to do this? I was wrong. Every day. Okay? I'm sorry, guys. I would, like, <laughs> hand up. I was wrong. Was that a knob for you, the number one signing this summer, Patrick? Oh, yeah, that that took that, – I had no idea. I was like, wait, is that a free agent? I'm like, yo, that is sick. And, like, for a guy like that to come to Ottawa means a lot for free agency because we yeah. never get guys like that. I mean, like, you know, I think last year – who did we get last year? We got um, – I can't even remember. That's, like, how not important Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think what was the last big one. Probably Tom Pyatt in terms of Guy Boucher. He probably <laughs> yeah, thought that Boucher was the biggest offseason yeah. acquisition you could get. And then I, I think probably the last one where you're like, huh, you came to Ottawa? Would have been like Sergey Gonchar back in like 2011, 2012, or yeah. Alexi Kovalev a couple of years before him. But yeah, they, they're definitely not going to be attracting too many free agents when Eric O'Dell is getting a press conference when, when he signs his contract. He's a good Orleans boy, I think, as well. He might be. But, um, no, going in, so for those of the guys who are coming in this season, but out of the draft as well, we always like to ask people because it was a bit of a contentious draft. Who's the one guy you've got your eye on? And we'll leave Timmy Superstar to the side for this one because we already talked about how he's going to be a stud. But out of the other guys, who do you want to see succeed here at the next level? Out of the draft, uh, I mean, just Sokolov's story is just great. Like uh, all the pieces I've written, uh, written, read on him is great. I really, I'm really rooting for him just as like a, not like a professional, but like in a personal standpoint, like he just seems like such a down to earth guy, a straight up, like just really nice guy. So I'm really hoping for him, but uh, yeah, obviously Timmy's superstar for sure. Yeah. Igor Sokolov, just such a good guy. Now, what about, what about in the stance of the goalies? Like this is something that uh, we're kind of tinkering around with too. What do you do with the taxi squad here? And if you have, if you have the answer, I'd love to hear it because I I'm undecided of which goalie is going to end up in the taxi squad here. I really thought the Sens might go out and sign a veteran guy, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And there's not too many veteran guys left. I mean, like you're even Scott Darling is getting a PTO in Florida, the team that's paying his buyout right now. So it's desperate times for a veteran goalie. So who's getting that taxi squad job for the Sens this season? I don't know if it's the best thing for his development, but I'd go Joey Decord. Uh, I I want him to get into some NHL games this year. Like maybe not, 
you know, maybe a couple. Uh, I've always been a big Decord fan, and as as I know you guys are too, I like collect his hockey cards. You know, I already started my collection for him, so he's. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good goalie in the future. And he's going to be one of the best looking goalies with that new oh. bucket, man. What was yeah. your thoughts on seeing that unveiled the other day? Oh, that thing was uh, that thing was really nice. It had like his ASU uh, logo back in the it's day. Sparky. And, yeah, and it had the Spartan as well, which is just super originals. So uh, no, that was a nasty, nasty helmet. Yeah, I thought uh, Hogberg's mask looked okay too. I wish he showcased it a little yeah. more though. He kind of just snuck it in there, just decided to put it on. Yeah, we just saw the picture on Instagram or whatnot. I was like, oh, new mask, cool. <laughs> it just came yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, as long as Matt Murray doesn't have just all white pillows, the Sens are going to be probably the best-looking trio in net, no matter who it is. Eileen, Joey as well. Pilsy, I know you're undecided, but what would be the strengths or weaknesses of having Joey as the third-string goalie? Well, I think the only problem with that, and Joey is my answer too, now that I've kind of thought through it, but but then you don't get him getting consistent starts in the AHL, which we're all so high on Joey, but you got to remember he's only got half a season in Belleville. So he doesn't have, have a lot of pro games under his belt. But I mean, when you're looking at the other options, Mandelise and Gustafson, neither of those guys are really NHL ready either. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But I would love to see Joey in the taxi squad. I feel like he's a guy that would uh, keep it light with the boys. And like he's he's such a, how do I say this? He's such like a student of the game. I think he would be okay to be one of those guys that's practicing consistently because he's so good at figuring out what to work on to make himself better. And then if you get him in a couple games, like late in series, if Hogberg and Murray have already kind of played, maybe you can throw Decord in there and he gets a shot here and there because he's much more NHL ready than Mando or Gustafson. Well, how about making it a situation where you're paying him back for how well he played down the stretch for Belleville? He's earned the opportunity to be up with the NHL club, although the guys on the taxi squad are making their AHL salary. so But he's got a boosted AHL salary though, right? So that's not the worst thing. True, true. Yeah, and being around Matt Murray every day couldn't hurt either. I know he kind of deflected when we asked him about that. But Pat, last thing I want to get out from you, and this is kind of a a fun conversation when you're looking at the Ottawa Senators, who everyone has as the seventh best Canadian team. If they are to finish higher than seventh, What's gone right for Ottawa this year? Uh, Matt Murray's out of the park. He's killing yeah. it. Uh, like, like circa 2012 Craig Anderson? Yeah, exactly. Exactly like that. Um, Stutzlow would have to be probably the rookie of the year, in my opinion. And Kachuk just has to take the team on his back and just ride with it. I, which I think can happen because Kachuk is that type to, to thrive off of that kind of stuff. And Stutzlow, too. Like I, I read a lot of people were saying that uh, – Stutzla will be better in shorter ices because like, you know, in the DEL, it's a longer rink and it's bigger, but he, he works so much better when he's like pushed on, like, you know, last minute. So he has to deke around the guy or he has to think real quick. So I think that'll be really good for him. And as you can see in the world juniors, he's been done doing pretty good recently. So pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can confirm Timmy Stutzla looking pretty good. You heard it. You heard it from me first. If anyone asked um, last question for me, Pat, uh, you're wearing a Sam's Jersey right now. Do you have a reverse retro Jersey yet? I don't have one yet. I, All right. So my question is who are you getting on the back of your reverse retro Jersey? If you get one. That's got to be the toaster Stutzla, uh, how I like him <laughs> superstar. Nice. But uh, yeah, and nice. That's what's awesome. On, what's on the back of this black one? Do I see Kachuk? Yeah, it's Kachuk. Oh yeah, number seven. Yeah. Are we gonna have to? Are we gonna have to throw a C on there on the front? Yeah, I think eventually when he when he gets the C, I'll put it up here. Oh, I like it. That's awesome. Well, Patrick, the season is 
less than two weeks away now, 13 days until Ottawa Senators hockey. And you know where to find us. I know all the way back from SoundCloud. Like we started (laughs) off, we really appreciate that you've been listening for so long and it's not going to be this long till we get you back on the show. So thanks for being a Sense Central citizen, Patrick, and uh, have a great weekend and enjoy the Sense training camp here underway. Appreciate it, boys. Thank you so much. All right, stick taps to Patrick Weldon for joining us. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Patrick Weldon 13. And speaking of Twitter, we always put our Send Central Citizens, their handle in the tweet where we post our episode. If you see that post, we always do appreciate if you retweet or like that. Just spreads the word. Maybe somebody who hasn't had an opportunity to listen to the show. Just like Matt Clark, he tweeted at us the other day saying he's a new subscriber and that he loves the the, the podcast. So Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. We will keep up our Belleville coverage as well. As Pilsy and I both worked the last couple of years, we've seen all their home games, and we, we do kind of like to lean on that experience. So we appreciate you, Matt, and all our new listeners as well. We know that the growth has continued here into 2021, and sky's the limit because the Sens fan base is that passionate. So if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the Locked On Senators podcast wherever you download yours and We'll be here every single day. We're going back to five shows, Pilsy. It's officially on season. Oh, wait, wait. We've been doing that anyways. Yeah, we don't need Sens Hockey to do a daily Sens podcast, do we? That's not really that's not really important. But now, what a refreshing treat. We're going to have Sens games back, and we're going to be back and bigger than ever. Maybe a little less guests. You're going to hear a lot of Ross and I because we actually have hockey to talk about. But we're still going to be bringing on some good guests. Uh, even next week, we've got another good guest lined up. Yeah, we've got a couple. We already teased Shifty, the man who paints Joey Decord's masks. And we've got a friend of the show coming back as well. We'll leave that as a tease. But for now, we've got our rankings, our organizational value rankings. We're down at number 37 to start today. And it's one of the acquisitions that's already been spoken about in this show. It's Stanley Cup champion. That has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Cedric Paquette. What are your expectations for him coming into Ottawa this season? Yeah, Cedric Paquette, that was my guy to get another contract with the Sens. And uh, let's walk through why I think that's probably going to happen. First, let's give a a quick overall of uh, what we're looking at with Cedric Paquette here for maybe some fans that aren't familiar with the fourth line guy for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So he's a 2012 fourth round pick, 27 years old, six foot one, 200 pounds. Last season with Tampa, he had seven goals, 11 assists, and 61 games. Like I mentioned before, he played all the games leading up to the Stanley Cup final. He had three assists in 25 games. I watched his goal highlights from last season, Ross. A couple empty netters, so a couple easy cookies for him. But the rest were mostly broken up plays where he found himself in front of the net and he just buried it. Like, this is the kind of guy, sure, he's he's a grinder. But similar to Austin Watson, who we talked about last show, he can score when he's given grade A chances. Like he, he doesn't have complete bricks for hands. Like if he has an opportunity to bury it, chances are he's going to, he's going to make good on that. And he's just a pest in front of the net. I think he's another glue guy. The teammates love him. He took over 600 draws last season, won about 51% of them. So not too bad there. He led his team in hits with 175 and he was sixth on the team in penalty killing time on ice. So he's a really useful player defensively for sure for the Senators here. He's from Gaspé as well, Pilsy, which I found really interesting. A super scenic area in the northern tip of Quebec. If you look at it on a map, you'll say, wow, I'll I'll leave it at that. We'll get back to his hockey. This guy, you mentioned he's a pest, but he's not going to drop the gloves. He's, He's been in 13 fights, but 
not since 2018. So that's not a big part of his game. But what I do see a lot of is him kind of yapping and getting in guys' faces and then Austin Watson having to do the dirty work if it comes to that. So I think those two on a line together could be great. Now, is he one of these guys where it's a veteran blocking a, a prospect? Or do you think that his role is pretty carved out and, and for him? That's why I think he's going to be one of the guys getting re-signed because I don't see it really kind of a younger fourth line center coming Not up yet. through the ranks here. I Not mean, yet. Mark Kastelik, we talked about him yesterday, could be Yeah, that but guy. he's going to take a couple of years, right? right. Pro- at least two, probably three years. Ridley Gregg kind of has those qualities, but I think you're going to want a first round pick higher up in the lineup. And again, that's a couple of years away. So I think Cedric Paquette, it can really cement himself in this fourth line role here, especially if he endears himself to DJ Smith, which I think he will. If he endears himself to the fans, uh, French, French speaking guy, I'm sure that'll help as well. And the Sens fans love our tough guys. We got a bunch of them. And yeah, I think he's going to stick around based on that. And he's not that old either, like 27 years old, right? So he's he's not like an aging veteran. So I think you could see him either get another one year, maybe even a two year deal after this, depending on how the season goes for him. Yeah, we'll see where he slots in. Of course, he and Braden Coburn and Eric Stepan as well, still not at Sens training camp doing the quarantine requirements before they hop on the ice, but expect the the training camp to be broken into an AHL and NHL group probably on Tuesday, but early next week for sure. But from one new guy to the next number 36 on this list is Josh Brown and maybe the forgotten acquisition on the right side. I mean, it was him and Erica Branson, but Goody's been all over the Sens social since uh, training camp started. And why wouldn't he be that handsome bastard? But with Josh Brown, he doesn't play a handsome game. He plays an in your face style of hockey what can we expect and what have you learned from his time with the Florida Panthers yeah I'm excited for Josh Brown Uh, he was acquired for a fourth round pick by the Sens 26 years old six foot five 215 pounds like you said a big mean defenseman in 56 games with the Florida Panthers last season he had three goals five assists so I'm not going to be lighting it up on the score sheet but he did lead all defensemen in hits on the team and was fifth on the team in total with 77 hits. and But this kind of surprised me, Ross. Despite being a defensive demon, he wasn't really used on the PK. I think he only had like 25 minutes or something total for PK last year. So probably not going to see him too much there. But I think where it's interesting for Josh Brown, the what the fourth Brown in this franchise, he played yeah, for if D- we're counting Henry. Yeah, true, true. Can't forget. Shout out Sens Prospect, that's for sure. But he played for DJ Smith in Oshawa. So this is, I hate to refer to it, but this is like Guy Boucher's toys. This is kind of a similar idea here. Hopefully we get a little better. At least he's a young guy who's uh, played for DJ Smith. He played for him in Oshawa where he was the captain. So I'm expecting Josh Brown to have a long leash here with DJ and we could see him have a much bigger role than he had in Florida. I wouldn't be surprised Ross if he's the right hand uh, shot defenseman on the second pair for this team. Yeah, really? Hey, so you have him well ahead of Artem Zub in that case. Yeah, I do. I think he's going to be playing regular NHL times where Zub and Zaitsev, I think we're going to see flip-flop on that bottom pair, at least to start the season, un- unless Zub really takes things away here. But we haven't seen too much of Zub, so I'm not really sure what to expect from him. And I just think that relationship and the style of play that he's going to play is going to give him a long leash with DJ. And we get that yin and yang defensive style, right? He's probably going to be playing with Milanen if he's on that second D pair. So mix in a guy that's going to be defensive 
defensively sound for all the times that maybe Willandon tries to take a risk and it doesn't work out, I think is going to work really well here. Well, remember when the left side of the sense D was Mathot, Fanuf, and Boro, where it was like they wanted to funnel to that side and, and so you could be physically abused. Now it's the right side because that's where Gabranson and Josh Brown and to a lesser extent Zaitsev is. I mean, Zub's a big guy too, but now all the skill is coming from the left side with Shabbat, Willannon, Brantstrom, and even Mike Riley, an offensive-minded defenseman. So, And you could even go so far as including Max Lejoie in that mix as well. So lots of offensive-style defense on the left, defensive on the right. So we'll see how that all breaks down. But what they all have to do in general is keep the puck out of their net, which is most important to the next guy on our list. Coming in at number 35 on our organizational value rankings, it's 2019 second round pick Mads Sogard. Now all these goalies have been getting signed. They've got five in the organization. Only Matt Murray is older than 24, but that gives Mads Sogard enough time. He won't be at training camp. He's waiting for the WHL season to start. What are you looking for him to do in medicine hat this year? Yeah, Matt Sogard, I feel like is a guy that kind of gets lost in the shuffle here, even though he was a highly touted guy and one of their highest picked goalies, like second round, 37th overall. They traded up to select him, if I remember correctly. So like this is a guy that the Sens were were very high on and for a good reason. The Dane, six foot seven, 200 pounds. Last season in the WHL with Medicine Hat Tigers, he had a 2.53 goals against average a 0.908 save percentage, four shutouts, and a 21-13-2 record. So pretty good pretty good numbers in the WHL. I'd like to see that save percentage get boosted a little. That's a little low for my liking, but he's currently on loan in Denmark. In six games, he has lit it up. He's a sparkling 0.943 save percentage. So, so far, so good. It'll be interesting to see when he comes over, if he can have a big boost in his development in the WHL this season. Because, yeah, he's got some solid competition in the goal. He's like, Mandelise just won goalie of the year in the queue and is probably going to back up uh, in Belleville this season. Marilainen has looked really good in Finland, third-round pick. So I think there's a lot of potential here, but he's going to have to work hard. And I watched it. We, we shouted out uh, Henry Brown. So shout-out Sands Prospect one more time. He put together a highlight pack of him last season. Here's some of the things I noticed with Sogard. He's often overreacting and he's reacting too quickly to the puck changing angles. Like if a guy changes angles on him or makes the pass, Sogard is just, he's sprawling out everywhere. But luckily he's so big that it's not really a problem. He can just overextend and make up that space quickly. So that's an area I'd like to see him get a little more positionally sound. But what I do like from him is he doesn't really play out of his crease too much, which is good because since he's so massive, he doesn't have to come far out and cut down the angle here like to challenge a shooter. So when there's two on ones and if a guy's going to try to deke here, he's going to be better positionally sound. And with that big body, he's going to be able to stop the puck a little better. So, so far, so good from Sogard, but I am expecting a big bounce in his season this year in the WHL. I really hope so because for him, it's a matter of being compact as he moves. Like these big guys with the long limbs, they can get a little out of shake, out of sorts sometimes. And when you're looking at NHL shooters, they're going to terrorize you when you can't complete that. So a 19 year old goalie who's six foot seven, you bet on that upside every day. I guess once the WHL went on postponement, he was able to go back to his native land and from what we saw, I mean, I kind of lost track of him after a little while, but he earned player of the game in his first two games. 
and seemed to put up good numbers. So if he can build on that going back from a pro league, albeit a lower tier pro league, to a junior league, he better put up some big numbers this year. And that that's what I'm hoping for. Because after this year, there might not even have to be a decision. He could go back as an overager, and that wouldn't even be the worst thing, Pilsy. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here because there's going to be a logjam in the system here as far as goalies goes. But luckily next year, fingers crossed, Brampton will be playing. So there's going to be a spot there for one of the guys. And uh, we're going to see which of these goalies of uh, Decord, Hogberg, and Gustafson kind of gets the tap on the shoulder to be the next guy. Because between the three of them, the Senators kind of have to pick one of them. Like it's, it's coming down to that point, especially between Decord and Hogberg. There's, there's going to be some movement there. But then you look at the Seattle expansion draft, maybe someone gets snagged up there. Who knows? Well, let me just finish my point on Sogard by saying he's played six games. In Denmark, Pro League, 943 save percentage. So that's the kind of numbers that you want, not the 908 save percentage he had in Medicine Hat last year. We still don't know when the WHL will get underway, but what we can tell you is that if Brandon Wheat King's training camp opens soon, Ridley Gregg won't be there. So we're done our organizational value rankings, but just a note as it comes across the wire here on Twitter before we wrap up for the weekend, we'll be back Monday with Shifty and then Tuesday with, yeah, we're still teasing that interview, but... Today, to finish off, Ridley Gregg, we knew that he signed with Ottawa. Pilsy, turns out he's in He's in camp. He just finished his quarantine yesterday. He'll be skating with the Ottawa Senators today. Hey, the, the thing that meant the most to me there is he finished his quarantine. Poor guy, Ridley Gregg. Like he, this guy is quarantined and had uh, a lot of uh, troubles with COVID here. So glad to hear that uh, sounds like he's healthy and he's going to be on the ice. And man, this is interesting. Like he, he could carve out a role for himself in Belleville this season with the, all the talent around him. So I, I like seeing Ridley Gregg here. And again, this is a guy that's kind of lost in the shuffle. This is a first round pick the third first round pick of this draft. So the hype should be there. And I think it's funny that he was the guy selected from the Pajot trade because I see a lot of similarities there. And it'd be great if he could kind of slowly walk in Pajot's footsteps and end up in the same spot. To me, he's a guy that would be perfect for the, uh, I mean, how many people can we put on this taxi squad, but let him be around the NHL team on a day-to-day basis. I think that would be awesome for his development, just like Foreman did as an 18-year-old. So it'll be really interesting to see what they do with Ridley Gregg and what the lines look like at the scrimmage tonight. Hopefully it's live stream, knock on wood. Tweet at the Senators, and let's try to get a live stream going because we got the Canada game, but it'd be nice to see who's playing with Brady Kachuk and all these intriguing parts of Sens training camp. We'll be back to break it all down on Monday and more. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, Sens fans. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.